Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. I want to add my welcome to Pastor Michelle on this morning. Deuteronomy, verses 1 through 9, I invite you to stand for the reading of the word. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear forever the Lord your God of all, all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away. When you lie down and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and holy Lord, we're so thankful for this opportunity to come in the house of the Lord where we know here that we can find peace. Your Holy Spirit meets us here. And so in this moment, O oh Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit softens our hearts, opens our ears, open our eyes to see, to hear, to embody the living word of God so that we may be transformed and that we can leave these four walls to transform your world. In Christ we pray. Amen. Last week, I got an opportunity to hear a preaching professor, and he's well-renowned. He was a former Brandy professor of Candler School of Theology, my seminary, the best one ever. Michelle would disagree there. She is a graduate of SMU. But anyway, he was here in town over at the Presbyterian Church in Benville, and I I got a chance to um, to go over lunch to hear him speak, and he he began talking to us. And he opened up and said, Every Christian has a Bible in their home, but they don't open it to read it. (laughs) And he goes on and tells us how, you know, the purpose of his, his lecture, he's working on an upcoming book about the parables of Jesus, and he is trying to, um, help empower the pastors to help the laity, you all sitting in the pews, to be able to open the book again, the Bible, to be reinvigorated, and to see themselves as a part of the story, to provide the tools for that. Because 
we have, yeah, our, our grandparents and our parents maybe. You, you, you probably don't know a time where your, your grandparents were reading the Bible or you wouldn't read the Bible to your, your, your grandchildren. Things have changed. And that has affected the way in which we share our faith. Our sharing of faith comes foremost in our primary job as parents of a Christian home is to share our faith. If we look at the pews, um, the, um, the pew research um, surveys and all these different um, surveys about the, the faith of the church, we see that it is declining over, you know, this is the recurring um, um, message that the church is declining. But I'm here reminding you, as Jesus' words tells us, that the world may pass away, but my word will always be among us. So while the church may be declining, the story that we have received that is over 2,000 years ago, matter of fact, has been shared orally before we've got a chance to read it. It's been shared and it's been, people have died over. There are martyrs. There are people that believe in this gospel so much that it's worth sharing. And I don't know where we have fallen off with sharing this faith that is so life-changing for us. And I think we take it for granted that we have, we even get here by happenstance. Somebody shared the faith with you, right? That's how we got here. And then every once in a while, you know, God works on the heart because God's provenient grace goes before everyone, Christian or not, hoping that you turn towards. And we see that what folks said, we have a lot of pastors in our denomination in the Arkansas Conference that can share the story. I didn't grow up in church. And our very own pastor, Michelle, she wrote a, a blog on, you know, um, it's called Growing a Bible. So it's growingabible.org. Check it out. And she wrote this blog about her faith journey. Michelle was baptized at age 25. And I, don't, I didn't have a context, so reading her blog really helped me to see that it's not, an, um, if, if I grew up in a church. I don't know a time where we weren't, weren't, weren't in church. Now, when I got to become a, an adult in, high, in college and so forth, now that became a different story. But the faith has been shared and is in me. And Michelle goes on and tell you in her blog, it's like, you know, her Sundays were not filled with going to church. And the things that our parents share us, whether it's our faith or not, just the small things in our, in our family. I know that we all, when we got out of the house, we would say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that to my children. And how often have we come back around and said, I sound just like my mama. Or I sound just like my daddy or my grandmother or my aunt. We, those things we said we wouldn't do, we find ourselves doing because you know what? Those things stick. The things that we are shared whether it's our faith or just the basic things of life. And we, to be honest, that's what we come in the world do. We, we, we have to learn. We're, whole life is about learning, right? It's about learning. And our, and our learning becomes our experiences, and our experiences become things that we value. And what happens is what has happened is that I don't know what happened along the way, that people my age group and younger and, and so forth have said, you know what, I, I went to church, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have the same commitment to, for my children to to grow up in. It becomes a thing that becomes a task because our lives get so busy. We don't make time for it, but again, our very important role that we have as a Christian faith is to share our faith. Because sharing our faith changes and shapes us. John Wesley, our founder, he was a big proponent of education. Not because of intellect, 
because it was because of self-understanding that was necessary for salvation. Big proponent of the Sunday school movement, which we'll talk about that later, which the Methodist church really adopted as a Sunday school method of teaching our youth. And a lot of you, or um, I see parents in here with children. I know you grandparents are in here too. At one point in the pandemic, it was like, oh my God, these children, I need to send them off to school, right? Because there is where formation happens, socialization happens. And what if we didn't have school? Can you imagine our lives? The parenting that we required here, we, we send our kids off, but somewhere along the line, like I said before, Sunday morning and teaching the faith has become optional. And that is something that we have to name, to live into. Sharing our faith is not optional. We took vows in our baptisms. And I don't know if you remember, you know, that we have been all baptized. And that baptism, that get the baptism has done something for us. Has it ordained us? Remember that? I said we ordained a couple of Sundays ago. We've been ordained into general ministry to share our faith. And so we see our scripture in today's reading of Deuteronomy of Moses. Is, um, they're about to walk over, to cross over into the promised land of milk and honey. If you know the story of the Israelites, oh my goodness. It's just a back and forth of getting it right and getting it wrong. And over and over here, you're a stiff-necked people. You, you, you just, you can't get it right. You're just one things your way. You don't want to follow this, this, this covenant or relationship where we're in now. You want to complain about the food you're getting, where's the meat? I mean, just everything. And then as, uh, as Moses is up there with uh, Jesus, well, I'm sorry, up there with God, get his commandments, what did Moses come back down to? They had made an idol out of the gold, the gold calf. You know that story? This is back and forth of this, of not getting it right. And he tells them, I may not be going over to Jordan with y'all, but I know, I, I know y'all been with y'all for a long time now. You ain't going to get it right. But you need to remember these words. You need to tell it to your children, your children's children. You need, to, you need to tell them the commandments, the decrees, so that your days will be long. And he tells them, oh, hear, oh, Israel, which is called the Shema in Hebrew. And it translated to mean hear. And I Googled it. Thank God for YouTube. You can Google the Shema, the prayer. You can learn it. And Michelle will teach you a little bit later, the Shema. But in the, um, the videos is that um, this whole idea of, of, of um, sharing your faith and um, putting it in your body. They have this thing, um, the leather you wrap around your arm seven times. Usually, usually a male doing it. Seven times wrap it around. And in the leather, there's a little box that has the Torah. Some of the scripture for the Torah. And it's facing the heart. And on the right hand, you put it over your, your eyes here. And you begin to recite. Because putting your hands over your eyes helps you to focus. And he's telling the Israelites that are among them, this is all here because I'm giving it to you so you can share. Here, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them 
on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Reciting them to your children, talking about our faith. They're reciting over and over. And in the, in the Jewish faith, the children is the first prayer they learn. The first prayer they learn. And they say it in the morning and the evening. And the last prayer they pray before they go on to the Lord. The Shema is an affirmation of faith. It's not a prayer of appeal, as Patrick Miller says. It's an affirmation of faith. It orients us. It's not just saying that God is controlling us, but this covenant, this reminds us of God's grace and God's love and God's desire to be with us. God giving us the, the, the rules and the commandments so that we can be oriented. And you say, oh, this is a Jewish faith thing. No. And today's lectionary reading is also in Mark with the scribes asked Jesus, which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This commandment is just as important for us as it is for the Jewish faith. We, we are in continuity. We are part of the, the story from the very beginning. It's, it's our story to tell. And Dr. Long, in, in, our, in his talk to us, he, says, he said he was, um, there was a, a father. And they had a practice of sharing the story of Israel, sharing the, the Shema to his daughter every evening. And there's a play date between his daughter and the little girl, her friend. And what does he overhear his daughter saying? Hey, you know what? My God, he delivered my ancestors from slavery. He said, hmm, it's working. The little girl was just sharing her faith and not knowing it's not a normal thing, but the reality is, is that we are shaped by the things that we do. We're shaped in such a way that even though we don't know what exactly it is that we're saying, is that God's grace, God's provenient grace, is working in us. And you're saying, you know what, I have shared my faith to my children, and I'm here to remind you, I don't have children yet, but I have several nieces and nephews that I've had a re help in rearing them, right? And I know that once you have a ch child come in the world, you teach them the faith, you share your faith, and they go off and do their thing, right? That's what kids do. You don't know what, they, you don't know, it's a gamble every time you have a kid. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with this one. And I want to name that, that you may have been in a church, as a, even as, a, as an adult. Now, this still bad theology is, 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 is on you. You can't shake it. And that's prohibiting you from sharing your faith. And you, you're, you're, you're giving up to say, I've, I've done all I can. I've, I've shared my faith. And my kid is still does not want to have anything to do with church. They're agnostic or atheist. You know, what the scripture tells us, we, 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 we sow the seed. And what does God do? The Holy Spirit waters it and multiplies it. So I invite you to continue to not give up on your child. And I know many of you have grandchildren. You know, this is, this is it's an ongoing thing. We share our faith not just because our kids. We have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We also have a, a, a task to participate in making sure that our faith goes on. I know when I was in my... Uh, Going off to college and early 20s and all that, you know, the first, last thing you think about in college is going to church sometimes, right? 
And we didn't really have text messages um, back when, but it came on later on, and my mom would call us and remind us, are you going to church? And the last thing you want to hear, you know, just in case you have kids that are in college, whatever, just be encouraged. You know, most kids don't want to have any, you know, you're, you're grown up now, you don't want to hear from your parents. you got to all figure out. But you know what? Those text messages were annoying, or those phone calls were annoying, because I needed to hear. And your child... That is said, I don't have any, you know, any want to do anything. Just keep, keep on texting them. Keep on sharing your faith. Keep on. Share. Share your testimony of why this is important. Why God has brought you here. How are you here? Share your testimony. Because when a moment comes, they're going to need to be reminded of that moment. And they remember it. Because after college, I graduated, and I was the first one in church. Got my first check. Hallelujah! Thank you, good Lord. I came back. I wasn't, I wasn't gone. I didn't denounce God. I just, my priorities was not, you know, I'm going to church. You know, it wasn't that. But it, it comes back because it's in us. The faith stories are in us. We've got to share it and pray that God will do the rest. So don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that grandchild. Don't give up. Continue to pray and encourage and share why God is important in our lives. And we have a Shema sharing the story of, it says, when your, your children will ask you are, you, are you prepared to share the story? Do you know the, do you know the story? It says here in Deuteronomy 20, um, 6 and 20, it says, when your child asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? You should say to your child, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us a land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then he, the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God and for our everlasting good, so as to keep us alive and now it's the case. But we know the story continues to go on, that we know the story is, is about, you know, the, the Israelites not getting in right, and we're just like that. And God knew the story. He knew how we would turn out. And what does God do? He sent his only begotten son, Emmanuel, God with us, to come into the world, to offer salvation to all of the world. That's the story worth telling. Christ had walked this earth healing to set the captives free, to restore the sight of the blind. The Jesus that said, I know what's coming, but I'm still going to go on to Calvary. The story that of resurrection, the story that we too are resurrected, Christ Jesus, that story is worth telling. So we, in an old, old black church, and I'm reminded of songs, God has been so good, I can't keep it to myself. Does anybody have a testimony that is not worth keeping for yourself? Yeah. Share our faith. So can someone say it takes a village to raise a child? Does anybody know that? Yeah. It takes, it takes a village? You know, yes, it does. It takes a village. And matter of fact, you know, outside of our own faith, we, we are, our task as, as parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles to share our faith the best way we can is that we also, as a, in our baptisms, we, 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 we take a vow to nurture. 
we had a, a baptism a couple of uh, Sundays ago, and we had our little hymnal in front of us, right? And we read this verse. This is what it says. I'm reminding us, okay? It says, will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include before us the baby that's been baptized now before in your care? And the congregation, we say together, with, we say it loud, right? We say, with God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness as they, as they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. These are the vows that we have taken. And we have a group of compromands learning about the faith and we're praying that at the end they respond to God's, God's grace says, yes, I'm willing and willing. Um, I want to take these next steps to take, take the next steps to own my faith. And that's what we're praying for. And I ask that you're praying for the Holy Spirit to work on the hearts of the parents, the sponsors, the mentors, the teachers. They're all doing the work to start the faith that works in one's heart. And that's our challenge today is to, to, to be empowered. You, you have the faith in you. We've got to share it. And the whole purpose of our sermon series has been that we, are, we are, um, have gone through these four weeks of webinars and hearing from those in our community. And the second part of the, great, great, the greatest commandment, Jesus says to love God and to love neighbor. As Wesleyan said, we, we're, we love God so much so it fills our hearts, the outflows, and our actions in the world how we love our neighbor. And right now, the, the, the charge or the, well, the, um, the ask, the needs, were uncovered in the, the, um, the education webinar. And Leslie Lyon, one of the, the principal at Ohio Middle School, right across the street, maybe last remember you, you donated to pay for a meal for the teachers to encourage them for the start of the school year. And I got so many letters and emails saying, thank you so much for this. It's meant so much for us. And as we know how COVID has been so downer on a lot of us, right? And if you ever taught before, if you're a retired teacher, you know, any day is a hard day to continue to get up. And as the holidays come around, you're exhausted. Is one coming up soon. I know they're ready for a break. But what happens is during COVID, as Leslie Lyons said, it's like the teachers are just don't have the energy. She says, you can't manifest energy. And they need, they need time. They need time to be able to take off. But there's a shortage of subs, substitute teachers. And we know that everybody's not having that for children. But, you know, thank God that God has given us all different gifts to edify the body of Christ so we can go out into the world to be Christ. There's opportunity for you to, to sub once a week or once a quarter or once a year. And just being present, you're being Christ in the world. If you can't do that, it was an opportunity for you to share your expertise. We have so many people that have so many gifts of, or, um, in, the, in the real world that young adults need to be able to hear how this is actually practical. So oftentimes in college, you learn stuff. It's like, okay, how does it really manifest in the real world? By signing up to be present for those young folks to connect that is what is needed. And there's a shortage of bus drivers. They need um, those to, um, for you that if you want to drive bus to make sure the kids are getting home in a timely manner or getting to schools for a timely manner. Those are ways in which you can serve our community that way. 
So as we leave here, as we continue to ponder upon the word for today, let us be empowered and strengthened and reminded that you have already been given the faith. Go share it to your family and to the world at large. In Christ, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.